Welcome back to Sister Crime Time. I'm your host, Brianne, and I'm joined again today by my younger sister, Brooklyn. Hello. And our mom. Hi. <laughs> okay. Do you want to share a little bit about yourself since you're our new guest on this show? Uh, sure. So I am Brianna and Brooklyn's mom, and then they also have two other sisters. Little monsters, you mean? <laughs> anyway, I've been married <laughs> to the same man for almost 22 years. Woo! Haven't yeah. Haven't him yet, so I yes. must, he must be doing something okay. Okay. <laughs> and... Uh, yeah, I have the most beautiful daughters, and apparently, uh, Brienne has taken husband applications, so send it in. <laughs> it's funny, <laughs> funny. Um, so in our previous episode, we discussed the first part of the Jack the Ripper case, and today we'll pick up where we left off. So I want to clarify some things. Annie Chapman's murder also revealed that her womb had been taken. JackTheRiver.org specifically calls it the womb and refers to the uterus with Catherine Eddowes' murder. And I'm not sure why this is different. Um, so the womb refers directly to when a woman is pregnant, but there's no information as to if Annie Chapman was actually pregnant. I think the website uses the words interchangeably. I apologize for what I said in the previous episode. I was taught that they were two different things. She was taught wrong or she heard wrong. It's a high school or honors and everything. thought wrong. I mean, maybe. Yeah. It's also been a while, guys. Anyway. Okay. I was able to find out the age of Mary Nichols when she died. Mom actually sent uh, the link to that. So Mary Nichols was 43 at the time that she was killed. Yeah, I remember you said 18. When you were talking about her past, you said 18. So in my head, she was 18. Yeah, she was 18 when she got married. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. That was, so, that was... so there was an MO of 40-something-year-old women right. that he was murdered. Yeah, this is true. I just, I thought she had said that she was 18 when she died. Which well, you is were why... wrong. Thanks. You're welcome. Okay. When we ended last time, Jack the Ripper had killed four of his five known victims, and the police had made it known to the public that a note signed by the killer had been delivered to the London News Agency. Here's what the letter, which is nicknamed the Dear Boss letter, said. Dear Boss, I keep on hearing the police have caught me, but they won't fix me just yet. I have laughed when they look so clever and talk about being on the right track. That joke about leather apron gave me real fits. I am down on whores, and I shan't quit ripping them till I do get buckled. Grand work the last job was. I gave the lady no time to squeal. How can they catch me now? I love my work and want to start again. You will soon hear of me with my funny little games. I saved some of the proper red stuff in a ginger beer bottle over the last job to write with, but it went thick like glue, and I can't use it. Red ink is fit enough, I hope. Ha ha. The next job I do, I shall clip the lady's ears off and send to the police officers just for jolly, wouldn't you? Keep this letter back till I do a bit more work, then give it out straight. My knife's so sharp and nice, and I want to get to work right away if I get the chance. Good luck. Yours truly, Jack the Ripper. Okay. Don't mind me giving the trade name. Wasn't good enough to post this before. I got all the red ink off my hands. Curse it. No luck yet. They say I'm a doctor now. Ha ha. Okay, so... The, the one I have to, like, specifically ask, because I had brought this up in the last episode, and this letter specifically just making me think of him saying, going down on whores and, like, ripping them, and that just, to me, it seems like he's, that he did sexually assault them or rape them or something mm-hmm. uh, to that degree. Well, if they were prostitutes, he probably wasn't. Well, I mean, I guess he could have raped no, them. No, no, but it, it's like... Either way, there was he's, some type of sexual def- encounter, okay. yeah. He's, like, for one, boasting about the murders. And another thing is, like, the wording specifically makes me think that he did more than just murder them. Yeah. 
Right, right, right. That's right. true. That's what I'm saying. Either way, whether it be rape or was a consensual thing because she was a prostitute, right. but there was some type of sexual encounter mm-hmm. between the two of them. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. I mean, what if, but he says, I didn't give her time to squeal. What if, like, in the middle of the act of, of this physical, um, having this, this sexual encounter, scene. right? He was cutting them. I mean, that would have been like, I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like it. Don't either. like and it. And apparently, neither does Wicket. No. Yeah. yeah, we have our dog sitting here with us, guys. So if you hear like purrs, I'm sorry. He's or whatever. Mom with separation anxiety. If he he's thinks in another he's room. a cat. <laughs> and, and even though he's not, even though he's sitting right next to mom, he's not getting attention. So if he makes noises, I apologize. And another thing, um, so like red ink, and you and can you go up because I I heard I heard something about it like thickening up. Oh, because it was like writing in blood. Mm-hmm. Must, he must have been ru- when blood dries, it gets thick and sticky like glue, coagulates, and it's basically there. You're saying it's like he's, so, he's stating that he's used blood to write the letter. Mm-hmm. I think he started off writing blood with uh, for the letter, and it didn't work out, so he did switch over to the red ink. Um, but either way, that's pretty nasty. That's just gross. It is really gross. Yeah, kind of, kind of like shows. More of just how mentally messed up he is in yep. the head. But, they, but the other thing that he said was, they haven't fixed me yet. Yeah, so means like knowing that, knowing that, or, or, or um, stating that there's something that needs to be fixed. Or I think what he uses the term fixed here is like they haven't like come Auto. close to cut, co- like, you know, they're directing their attention on certain groups or people. And he's like, no, I don't really fit that description. Or y'all are nowhere near to getting me yeah but he said fix not fit maybe they haven't fixed me yet or did it say fit me yet it said fixed okay f-i-x yeah i mean i guess it could go either way but Mm -hmm. i think that's an interesting wording to say they haven't fixed me yet instead they haven't caught me yet or they haven't figured out who i am you know he said they haven't fixed me yet yeah i don't know i think he's just crazy Oh, well, yeah. Well, uh, you have to be yeah. kind of mentally unstable to go and do all this stuff. I mean, stuff. I think if you're killing anybody, I don't care how you do it. If you kill someone, I think you're a little mentally off yeah. anyway. That's true. A little 15 degrees off center. Or you're really angry. Or that too. This decision to let the public know about the letter started causing some problems. Hoax letters start coming in, and the police deduce that the first letter was not the real one and was the work of one of the London journalists. Wait, Again, how do they know? How and they, they don't. Know? It's speculation. Wait. Okay, so they were stupid what? enough to release the fact that, <laughs> hey, there's a letter. But then they say, oh, but it's not the real one. After they get hoax letters? Yeah. Yeah, yeah after they start getting the hoax letters. That's in. stupid. I guess it's kind of like trying to fix a mistake that's already broken. Mm-hmm. Fix a mistake that's already broken? <laughs> that's already been made. Already been made, Mom. <laughs> Sorry, can you say that again? <laughs> can you say that again? Maybe it'll make sense the second time. <laughs> Like trying to fix something that's already broken. That's what I was trying to say. Okay. <laughs> okay. Wow. Do we really need video? <laughs> we do. Well, we have micro. We have microphones now, and I feel a little bit more professional with that. But we're gonna work on getting a camera professional. soon. Except when she does that. No. Jessie. <laughs> Hooks letters signed the same or similarly start overwhelming investigators so badly that they almost have a meltdown and it's a lot some of the most famous of these letters was sent to mr george lusk 
This is the same guy mentioned in the previous episode who is the president of the Mile End Vigilance Committee in mid-October of 1888. So what is the significance of that club, the Mile End? Basically, um, they were formed as a, a bunch of group of young men and stuff like that who were just trying to help, like, police with, like, their patrol business oh, or whatever because, because the police... The police- Kind of like a neighborhood themselves, like a neighborhood watch. watch. Yeah, because um, the police couldn't be everywhere at once, and so they were going to help keep an eye out, especially on places where the police weren't going to patrol as much, or they were thinned out. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. It's like yeah. a, a, a an old timey neighborhood watch. Mm-hmm. Old timey. Well, well, it's in the eighteen eighties. Can't say modern. I know you can't, watch. but old timey makes me think of like the old American mm-hmm. West. I don't know. It makes you think of like cowboys. And not 1890s England. 18. This is 1890s, right? 1880s. Close enough. Close. Uh, late 1880s. 1888. So. The yeah, f- just round up and it's the 1890s. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the first, having similar handwriting to the Dear Boss letter reads, I write you a letter in black ink as I have no more of the right stuff. I think you are all asleep in Scotland Yard with your bloodhounds, as I will show you tomorrow night, which is Saturday. I am going to do a double event, but not in Whitechapel. Got rather too warm there. Had to shift. No more till you hear from me again, Jack the Ripper. Oh, okay, wait. So the right stuff would be... The blood. blood, The blood, yes. And it got too, like, he's talking Whitechapel, got too warm there. So he's switching spots because, like, there's too much police activity. Yes, that's correct. Oh, okay. Yeah, oh, that's good. It was getting a little too hot for him there. That's so Jack the Ripper. Too many, eyes. too many eyes. So Jack the Ripper references his double murder of Elizabeth Stride and Catherine Eddowes in this letter before it happens. Oh, this is before. Oh, he's saying he's going to double. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a, he's like the next one is going to be the double murder. Uh, so this was sent to George Lost before the murders happened, but we didn't receive this letter and know about it until after the other letter comes out. Interesting. Yeah. Together, ready. Oh! Oh, gosh. Lusk starts to worry about all the attention that he's getting. Not too long after, he receives a postcard in the email that says, Say, boss, you seem rare frightened. Yes, I'd like to give you fits, but can't stop time enough to let your box of toys play copper games with me. But hope to see you when I don't hurry much. Bye-bye, boss. Okay, so remind me who Lusk is again. Is he the Lusk is the president of the uh, Mile End Vigilance okay, Committee. Okay, so basically the he's the, the face of it. Of yes, the neighborhood watch. People. Yes. Okay, okay. So at this point, it he's just the poster boy. Yeah, basically at this end, it's to me it seems like Jack the Ripper is just kind of toying with him, or even intimidating, or intimidating to get them to stop. So yeah. So basically, he's just playing a game of cat and mouse. Yep, cat and mouse. On Tuesday, October sixteenth, eighteen eighty-eight. Lusk receives yet another letter. So is he only receiving the letters? Is he's, it just him? He's the one who's receiving most of the letters, okay, yes. Okay, wait, then how can the police dismiss all... Wait, hang on. Okay, so, so the first letter came to the news... Agency, the London News Agency, yes. Right. And then the next... And the other, after the hoax letters, two, these two specifically go to Lusk. That's interesting. And interesting. Well, I don't know if hoax letters are going to Lusk as well, or if it's just these letters. Oh, because they didn't tell you that. Yeah, it didn't tell me that, and Lusk is well-known at this point for being part of the Mile End Vigilance Committee. Huh. Huh. So that's, that's interesting, though, that it's not, it's not going to, again, to the newspaper. Yeah, like, or, these are going specifically to Lusk. Or even to the police. Like, it's going to someone who doesn't even, like, who's not a professional. Yeah. It's interesting. It's going to Lusk, like, <laughs> that's what I said, kind of, like, toying with him or playing cat and mouse, like, trying to intimidate, like intimidate or you're you're, you're, like tease him Mm -hmm. or something this infamous letter was addressed from hell this is the actual name of the letter 
The letter contained half a kidney. And according to the author, he took it from a victim. In the previous episode, Jack the Ripper had taken Catherine Eddowes' uterus and left kidney. Wait, it's half a kidney? Yes, half a kidney. So half, so it's like, it's one kidney, but half of it's gone. Yeah, that's what half, that's so what half a kidney, kidney means. kidney was taken out of the person. Yes. And he cut it in half, and he sent half to the, Yes. Why? At this point, why are you questioning? Yeah. At this point, why are you questioning like why he took a kidney no, when he's over here? Why half a kidney? I'll get. I'll get to okay. that. The letter reads from hell, Mister Lusk, Sar. I send you half. Yeah, it's spelled S O R, like short for sorry. I told you, like, so oh. the spelling is all weird in this letter, and it's ta- and I have to read it really slowly because it messes with my brain. I send you half the kidney I took from one woman, preserved it for you to the other piece. I fried and ate it, and it was very nice. I may send you the bloody knife that took it out if you will only wait a while longer. Signed, catch me when you can, Mr. Lusk. What? Fried and, and ate, ate it. it. Mm-hmm. That's not very good street food. That's all you need a street vendor. Oh, wow. No. Wait, that's horrible. It's not enough that he had to kill people. He had to resort to cannibalism. And apparently, according to you in the last episode, taking the baby oven. Yes. <laughs> baby oven. He took that. Sorry. I'm still caught up in that one. But yeah. Yes. He, he, uh, uh, the author of the letter claims to have eaten half the kidney. Claims. Do you think he actually did it? I really don't know. Um, if he did, I I'm mean. I'm not asking if, like, it's confirmed or not. I'm thinking if you think he did it. Did what? Eat the kidney? Eat the yeah. kidney. Do you think he actually did that? Or do you think he was just... Mm, like, for shock value. For shock value. Thank you. For shock value. Personally, I don't think that he ate the kidney. Okay. I think it was more just to intimidate and frighten people. But like I said, we don't I know. Think, I think it could go either way, honestly. Yeah, that's I the mean, thing. Is it could go either it, way. I think it can be for shock value. But I mean, look. At the same time, the all man, everything he's the doing. The man is already butchering up bodies. Yeah. Or this person. Who's to say? Know. Let's we take it one more. We don't even know if it's a man or a woman. But, you know, we've, it's been signed Jack the Ripper. So I'm yeah. going to assume it's a man. He's been butchering up bodies. Why? Why, why not? not take that one it's, extra it, step? It, it, it's almost like the high thing right? it's not enough for and, him right oh, it's like okay so so you know killing them wasn't enough mm-hmm. but then then it had to go to disemboweling them yep right and now it's like removing body parts and then sending it back oh that's just that's just like another a lot level. but then also like saying i ate part oh i don't like it think yeah. they ate like even if you didn't do that here's the thing is why i think he like, personally, I think he actually did do that because he is so into, like, getting, like, boasting about all these evil things that he's he needs done. Jesus. That's why he's really mean. <laughs> well, he's dead, so I don't think that's going to happen. But <laughs> just <laughs> it's just like he's, um, he's, like, into boasting about all these horribly evil things that he's done. Mm-hmm. And and to me, I don't think he would have boasted about doing something unless he actually did it. Yeah, I can see that. I can totally see that too. Yeah, yeah. that's a good point, Brooklyn. And Very good also, point. he's like literally insane because he did say, "I'm going to make it too." Right? right. So this is the first. No. Oh wait, 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 wait. wait. He hasn't. He hasn't done it yet. I'm sorry. When the, the last letter was, I'm going to. Um, it's going to be double the murder. Right. right. And so the one when he sent it about the um kidney, 
the double murder had already occurred. Oh, it had already occurred or mm-hmm. had not already Had already occurred. So that letter was sent after. So, like, so, so basically he'd be a man of his word. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's, that's what I'm talking about. Interesting. He likes to boast, and I don't think that he would have added that into the letter unless he'd actually done it. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, yeah. Okay. So while Even if it was just for shock value, yeah. So while this letter caused some serious concerns, police just chalked it up to it being a sick prank played by a medical student. Really? No, they don't. That's just again speculation and guessing. That's just lazy to me. That's just like it's like they don't actually want to like deal with how horrible and evil that this is, and they're just saying this isn't actually happening. This is just a prank. Mm -hmm. Wicked, stop. And it's it's just it seems to me that they're just not doing their job because they don't want to deal with how horrible this is. Yeah, they don't want to look inept. But they are looking at that by just making ra- random accusations. It's true. Uh, so we'll post pictures of the letters and even a map of the area where the killings happened um, on our Instagram. So Sister Crime Time, you oh, can check look, it out there. We have an Instagram now. <laughs> She's very excited about that. I am. And the, I thought it was interesting because the map that I found, it shows you where each of the killings happened and their relation to each other, like where they were all found. It's actually pretty interesting. So throughout the rest of October... There are no more killings, and the people begin to believe that the murder spree is finally over as they near November. But Jack the Ripper still has one victim left, and he doesn't stay hidden for long. So the double murders haven't. The double no. murders have already happened. Yeah. And then there's at least like a month-long uh, pause, and that's what people are thinking. Oh, everything's over. We're okay. But keep in mind that dun, before dun, dun. before the double murders happened, there was a pause between the second victim and when they the third mm. one happened. So there was there was a break there too. So on November 9th, 1888, the body of Mary Kelly is found in her room at 13 Miller's Court. This murder is a bit more gruesome than the others. I could not um, kind of water it down as much as I would have liked. So I've so warning for Brooklyn mainly. You guys know I'm kind of squeamish. Mary Kelly's body had been virtually skinned down to the bone. The mutilization was so bad that Joseph Barnett, her live-in lover, was only able to recognize her by her eyes and her ears. That's such an oddly specific... I'm sorry. That's, like, just horrible in general, and I'm, like, really trying not to throw up. But, like, I... It just... the uh, I don't like it. It's just... I, I'll her be specific. eyes and ears? Yeah, that. How, that's how, gross. How, how? how can you identify someone by their eyes? Well, well, I guess if you know a person well enough and you're able I to, guess. like... I don't know, but I don't think... I'd be able to identify you by an eyeball. Why would I want to look at you that long, all mutilated? Yeah, especially somebody that you're supposed to love so much, you wouldn't want to look at that. No, you wouldn't. And and the and you can't do it from a quick look. Yeah, yeah, that's it. You have to look at them for a while. Oh, I don't like it. See, so there's just so many things that are like. It is generally believed. Against his mo, it was she was. You said she was 25. Not yet. She's reading over my case notes, guys. (laughs) It is generally believed that Mary Kelly is the final victim of Jack the Ripper. Right, but... However, there are other bodies that are found later, but Mary Kelly is the last known one that is officially linked to the killer. Right, so she's the last canonical five. Yeah, yes, as they refer to the canonical five. Then there's the head canonical five, as I like to say. The head cannons. Yeah, sorry, I like canon stuff. Mary Kelly was 25 years old, like my mom said, spoiling with my case notes, making her much younger than the other victims. She was pretty popular in her area and was very well-liked, and the only bad thing that people had to say about her was that she was occasionally tipsy. 
Eight months before her death, Mary Kelly had been renting the room at 13 Miller's Court. Two weeks before her untimely demise, Joseph Barnett moved in with her. He was unemployed, and that meant that Mary had to resort to prostitution in order to pay for the rent. Why doesn't he just get a job? That's a very good question. And we don't I know. Can't, so, she, so, like, she has, like, this basically boyfriend. I know that's not what they were called back then. So live she has lover. this live-in lover, whatever. Basically her boyfriend. Um, and he doesn't have a job Correct. or a car or a career. And car. I'm, He's basically a high school boy. I'm, I'm thinking specifically of your ex-boyfriend. Hey! But, sorry! <laughs> I know, I'm just... I... I <laughs> no, okay, so, so she has this I mean, you're boyfriend, not wrong. and he's basically a bum. Like, basically. he doesn't do anything. Yeah. So she has to resort to prostituting herself to help pay income, and he doesn't even look for a job? Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, well, yeah, that is true. We don't know if he, like, there could be other reasons why, like, right, he's not. But, but from what we know. From what we know. He didn't do anything. Yes. That's horrible. This caused a lot of arguments between them, and during one particular exchange, the window by the door had been broken. In late October, Marilee Kelly invited a homeless prostitute named Julia to stay in the room with them. Joseph was furious, and deciding that he'd had enough, he moves out. A Maria Harvey, a laundress, told police that she stayed with Kelly in the room on the Monday and Tuesday before her murder. Maria had moved into her own room, but had spent that Thursday with Mary Kelly. At around 7 p.m. on that Thursday, Joseph Barnett comes to see Mary Kelly. Maria leaves, leaving behind her black bonnet, an overcoat, two dirty cotton shirts, a boy's shirt, and a girl's white petticoat. So, this was Julia, um, the other lady. So, there's a total of three ladies in this room, right? Uh, Julia had stayed with them for a while. Mary's the victim. And Maria had visited her for a little bit. So, Julia left the clothes. Julia's a homeless Prostitute, right? Yes. Who left the clothes? No, Maria left the clothes. Julia had eventually had moved out by that point. Oh, okay. okay, Mm -hmm. Joseph had remained on friendly terms with Mary and was the last person to see her alive when he visited her between 7 and 8 p.m. So the night that Kelly is murdered, two neighbors claim to have heard a faint cry of, Oh, murder! at 4 a.m. Cries of murder in this neighborhood usually related to drunken brawls or domestic violence and were very common. The local residents almost never got involved, and so the two neighbors completely ignore Mary's cries for help. Yeah. That's why you cry fire. Yeah, man. instead. Just a little tip. If you're ever getting attacked, yell fire. Sorry. Just a little tip. If you're getting attacked, yell fire and not any not else. Help or... Not help or, or anything else. Yeah. Because nobody's probably going to, unless they're like a really good they person. Don't wanna, they don't want to get involved. Right. Mm-hmm. At 10.45 a.m. the following morning, Thomas Bauer, the landlord's assistant, arrives at Mary's room to collect her overdue rent. He knocked twice. No answer. Bauer stepped over to the window, the broken window from her argument with Joseph previously, and pulls aside the curtain to look inside. Bowers returned to his master and told him that he saw a lot of blood, and they both go back to investigate and are met with a horrible sight. The wall behind the bed is splattered with blood. A pile of bloody human flesh is sitting on the bedside table. And on the bed, barely recognizable as human, is the virtually skinned body of Mary (gasps) Kelly. No, I don't like it. I don't like that. 
and I'm sitting here eating Doritos. No, why? Honestly, it sounds like me though. Literally, no. So there's like a pile of human skin on the bedside table. Yes. Wow. Okay, I don't like it. Any thoughts, mom? Um. Well, I mean, obviously, I don't think it was a, a medical student just from that description. Because if it was a medical student, they would have like. I think they probably would have made, been more careful with that. I mean, probably, or at least would have not mutilated it as much as they say it's like down to the bone where she was completely unrecognizable. Mm-hmm. If you ask me, that kind of like points to um, like a butcher. Or... No, no, not a butcher. This points to the fact that the person who killed her was really angry at this particular person. Like skinning some. I mean, well, uh, yeah. This I mean, is this is different from the pre. This is like much, obviously, much different from from the other killing where he's only taking a few things. And but this. Well, time, I think it goes back to the whole. Hey, this wasn't that wasn't enough. I need now. I need a, 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 yeah. a, a high again. And you know, it, it. That's how people you know have addictions. Is because the first time, yeah, great. You know, I got high or whatever. And then just isn't enough after it, that. After that, after a while, after their body or their minds get used to it, then they will go seeking for something even, even harder or whatever. Yeah. And, and the same goes for any type of addiction. It doesn't even have to be just drugs or alcohol. It could be any kind of addiction. And obviously, this murder is a, is an addiction for this guy, right? Because yeah. it kind of goes from one victim to another victim hardly stopping except for maybe a few things and so psychologically it makes almost a little bit of sense that this next one is going to be even more gruesome than the mm-hmm. last one I, I, if, if you notice that each killing is more gruesome than the other it's, yeah. yeah that's true i just it's like it's like a stairway to like i, I don't i don't know where i'm going but basically it's just like leading into like something that's gonna be even worse basically the only one that i think was the least gruesome was elizabeth stride but that's also the uh the police and experts no the third one the night of the double murder please believe that uh he had been um interrupted when he was killing her and that's why it wasn't as gruesome it's just i'm still stuck on that one thing because it's just so horrible and it takes time to do that I have a very vivid mm. imagination, and and I'm in. Huh. I wonder. Thing, that's your thing. You're you're right. It takes time to do something like that. But if it if they were in a hurry, they would have butchered up too, though. Mm-hmm. No, no matter who it was. Well, I wonder too. I have to think. I wonder if he gets a little bit of a high off of potentially being caught, because. Or or seeing uh, how close he to, can come. To... Yeah, before he is caught. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I mean, all the other killings were done like in relatively like. Not public, but in residential places, like out in the open, almost so like in alleyways. On... Mom, finish your Doritos he, he, before you stop. So he thrives on a challenge. Basically. Yeah, I think so. And then he's standing there in this room, skinning this woman. Which, regardless of if you do it quickly or take your time with it, like it still is going to take a while, regardless of if you've experienced or not. And she, um, and she had a live-in lover. Who? Well, well, he, well they, he he had moved out by then. They'd basically broken up after she brought she took in Julia. He didn't like the fact that I guess she was helping other people and bringing. Well, but he not, didn't like her lot of work. She was helping other people, but that she was helping prostitutes yeah. while she was a prostitute herself. So I don't know. That's that was kind of perfect timing. <laughs> that was my sister coming out of her room. That the doors creak so bad. Um. Yeah, that is pretty pretty horrible. Bauer is sent to get to the police, and when they arrive, the police are horrified at the scene. Yeah, I bet. Honestly. 
Kate. Mary Kelly's head was turned towards the window and her face was mutilated beyond recognition. Okay, time. Yes. Hold on. Just caught something. One of the victims from the first podcast, her head was also faced towards a window. Oh. Oh, yeah, it was faced off to her side. Mm-hmm. But towards a window, though. Was it towards the Like, side because okay, it maybe. was, it was, she, I think her head was facing a building. Basically. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was facing the building. Very interesting. interesting. I wonder if that's like a, a clue. Interesting. Like, I wonder if, I wonder I if he had her that. facing like a certain thing outside the window. My thought too is having her head turned away is also like maybe if the killer personal, not Mm -hmm. making it personal. Yeah. I thought that's interesting though. Like, I don't know. But I wonder what was across the street. Skinning someone and, and taking their inside seems pretty personal to me. Well, well, I mean, what we mean by personal is like, you you can't, like when you look at someone's eyes, it's it's hard to hurt somebody. Oh my gosh! Let me be a mom for like five I'm trying seconds to make a joke. No. The doctor who performed the post mortem inspection details that her breasts were cut off, Ew. the tissues of her neck were severed all around the bone. What? He also notes, and this is um, kind of gruesome, like how her body's laid out. He also notes that her left breast uterus and kidneys were placed under her head the other breast by her right foot the liver between her feet the intestines by the right side and the spleen by the left side of the body why and flaps of skin from her thighs and abdomen were also placed like on the left side of her body Mm. um what i thought of like this particular murder the way is later it seems very like cultish or ritualistic Oh, well, yeah. I mean, it kind of goes with the whole thought of the whole Mason thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my mom actually sent me an article. Um, there's a lot of debate with, like, the whole, like, Freemasons society and stuff like that in England. Um, some, um, like, experts in this field or whatever suspect that maybe Jack the Ripper was a member of this society. You know, it, but either way, his uh, killing, like, this killing specifically, the way her body's laid out is definitely very ritualistic and cultish. Mm-hmm. Which direction was her head facing? I know it was towards the window, but to the left or the right? Was Does it say? No, it doesn't say. It just says it was faced towards the window. Because, um, like, the way the organs are laid out in that specific manner and that Mary Kelly was specifically skinned, which is different from the other victims. It feels like maybe he, Oh, that just feels personal. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, like a lot of anger behind. Definitely yeah. a lot of anger behind that one. But her throat was still cut like all the other victims. Okay. So that method of like actually like ending her life is still the same with everyone else. But how she's horribly mutilated more than the others that is just seems, horrifying. That that seems that's an overkill. Oh no, that's that's my line. Whoa, I I don't have lines. I should have said that though. <laughs> <laughs> um, Mary T- uh, Kelly is typically recognized as Jack the Ripper's final victim, uh, though there's some debate about other victims, such as 29-year-old uh, Rose Millette in December of 1888, Alice McKenzie in July of 1889, a mutilated torso of an unknown woman was found in September of 1889, and Francis Cole in February of 1891. So re- realistically, they just gave up. Yeah. yeah, it honestly feels that way. Like, they're um, like, well, you know what? We can't find him. We're done. Okay. Yeah. So um, the police and experts link Mary Kelly as being the official final victim of Jack the Ripper. They suspect these other ladies were as well, but there's no real proof tying that. Like I said. It's like they, they gave up. Know. Yeah. It And I just thought, like, it was worth noting that there were four others whose names are not known. Um, the case kind of goes cold after the death of Mary Kelly. Police have no leads. 
The other possible victims that I mentioned earlier are killed farther apart, you know, time-wise. Um, the killings also just randomly stop. And the police and public are then left wondering, where is the Ripper? Some theories suggest that he left London, but if that's the case, my thought process is why didn't his killings continue elsewhere? Like that that's yeah. not something that you just end up like stopping like, oh, I feel like so not killing anyone. Likely he either became uh, severely injured to where he was like, you know, disabled, like he couldn't move, yeah. or he was dead himself. That's possible. Um because I'm sorry, unless you're like transformed by the blood mm-hmm. of Jesus, you're just not gonna automatically just stop. Yeah. Others suggest that Jack the Ripper died, like she said, or was apprehended for a completely different crime. Oh, well, yeah, I didn't, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. But either way, the killings just suddenly stop. And this case is left with a lot of attention still. The murder sites in London are actually used for tours in the UK. Why? Because people like your sister are interested in stuff like this. She wants to go. You do live in a ghost town, Brie. I do live in a ghost town, this is true. And she wants to go visit the, 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 what is it, the, in Tennessee? Oh, um, the body farm? Yeah. You're, right. actually, you're actually not allowed to go visit it, though. Your body is so close. But they have a body museum in Atlanta. And she's smi- saying this with a smile on her face. Just want to note that. In case y'all can't. I would like you to know I do not want to go there with you. I'll go anywhere else but a body farm. You're not allowed to go visit the body farm anyway. Why? They do it for research. Like, mm-hmm. to see how long a body decomposes. They don't know what you're bringing in if you try to come visit, but there is a body museum in Atlanta. There's also a history of death and murder in Hollywood. Okay, thanks. No, thank you. Thanks, but no thanks. Um, I choose life. Okay, let's get into some of the suspects that the police questioned and others that are just theories and rumors. So some theories include a famous Victorian painter named Walter Sickert. One idea... Sorry, right, sus- could you say that name again? Walter Sickert. <laughs> uh, one idea associated with Sickert is that he was an accomplice to the murders or knew who was responsible for them and kept them informed of the police activity. And what proof do they have of that? Or this is just a proof? rumor theory. One, uh, According to one Ripperologist, which is actually what the people who are obsessed with this case and actually try to solve it today are called, uh, she says in her book that Sickert had a pathological hatred towards women. And the reason why he's viewed as a possible suspect... That was our dog coughing, guys. I'm sorry. The reason why he's viewed as a possible suspect is because he had a series of paintings inspired by the 1908 murder of a prostitute. Uh, like Brooklyn said in the last episode, though, too, apparently artists tend to look at things differently and yeah. try to capture the moment. Doesn't make this any less creepy. Yeah, yeah no, no it's, like, totally mm-hmm. true. Like, artists view the world through, like, a completely yeah. different lens. I so do what it. what are you saying, Brooklyn? Not in a creepy way. People? No, not in a creepy way. I see things in a in a more, like, she that would dead people. Right. No. I when when I when I look at something, especially if it's interesting lighting, I'm like, oh, that'd be really interesting to draw. And usually, I'll take a picture for a reference. Lexi's the same way, actually. She wants to be a photographer and she takes pictures of everything because she sees the beauty that others wouldn't see. So, so cool. apparently, it's not super uncommon, but it's I don't not. Know. It, but, I, I still think it's weird. But um, artist plus sociopath equals danger. <laughs> I, I mean, if we e- no, if we alone. ever get merch, that's going on a shirt or something like that. <laughs> artist plus sociopath equals danger. That's going on a shirt, guys. Let's let's start making up some merch or something. Yeah, we should start with hats. Um, I still think it's weird the whole artist thing, but I'm not an artist, so I can't really. Um, also, his family says that he was in France during the times that the Ripper murders happened, and so while he may not be guilty of murder, Sigurd was supposedly one of the authors of some of the hoax letters sent to the police. Okay. 
Again, where's the proof? Ooh, maybe, 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 if that's true, maybe he was helping to keep the um, police off the off the real Jackenfish trail by helping send in. Yeah, that's what they're saying. That uh, the, the theory that goes with that is that um, he knew who Jackenfish was and was keeping him informed of police movements and helping him. Another theory focuses on a Polish immigrant by the name of Aaron Kosminski, who was a hairdresser slash barber in the area. Two of the highest ranking Sweeney officers. Todd? Yeah, Sweeney Todd. <laughs> Two of the highest ranking officers involved in the Jack the Ripper case actually believe that Aaron was their best suspect. A witness to one of the crimes unhesitantly identified Aaron Kosminski as the potential killer. Because the police really didn't have any other evidence except for a witness statement, Kosminski returned to his brother's residence in Whitechapel and police supposedly had him under constant surveillance. In 1889, Kosminski goes to court as one of the several people who had been brought in because they had an unmuzzled dog in public. So he shows up to court and was given a fine of 10 shillings, but because it was a Sunday when he was fined and he claims to have been Jewish, the court allowed him to to pay the fine on Monday. Kosminski eventually ended up in an insane asylum for severe mental illness on July 12th of 1890, but was released three days later, but he was readmitted early 1891, and he ended up dying in the various asylums that he was transferred to. Okay, so when did the killing stop? Uh, They stopped, like, I mean, they were very sporadic after that, but but they officially ended early 1891. Yeah, it, the timeline dun, is dun, very dun. interesting. Yeah, isn't well, it? Yeah. As I said, either he was disabled, mm-hmm. or he got, or arrested. he was, or he died. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. Um, I, when I was looking at the timeline, I was like, ooh, that's that Keep in mind, I know a lot. Of, I know about this case. I wrote it. I wrote about it, papered it in high school, so I kind of know how it all ends and turns out. Well, I don't information. keep going anyway. Another wild theory to the killings is that the killer was Queen, was Queen Victoria's grandson. What? Yeah, and I mentioned this because it just shows how far people were willing to take this. Oh my gosh, yeah. Like, like that, pinning that blame on the royal family. They don't have any... And they're just like, oh... Any class well, And the reason, the reason why they say it was Queen Victoria's grandson because they're like, oh, the police are purposely turning a blind eye because of the royal family and all this stuff. And I'm like, that's mm-hmm. one of the... Like, interesting how where your theories are going, but that's that one is a, a little... That's a theory that's just... <laughs> That's not even that that's is not even close. throwing accusations out the window and watching a train run over it. It's just throwing <laughs> dice and seeing how it lands. Yeah, basically. Yeah. There were over a hundred suspects. Some people, myself included, when I studied this case in class, theorized that Jack the Ripper was actually Jill the Ripper. Ooh. One oh. such theory uh, that's pretty widely accepted is that a woman, more likely a midwife, was killing the prostitutes and taking their organs because she was enraged with what these women were doing when they should have been concerned with raising a family and being married and stuff wow. like that. Yeah, that it was, but that... it was also not uncommon <clears throat> to see a midwife covered in blood walking around the streets at night during that time. Well, yeah, that's true. Wait, get please I don't stop. Know. I don't know. Other suspects, including Charles Cross, who was the man who found Mary Nichols' body, Louis Diem Schutz, the man who found Elizabeth Stride's body, George Chapman, originally named Klausowski. Uh, so there's like a whole lot of people. They're like, oh, the people who found the bodies. Let's blame them as well. Uh, he was a uh, so Chapman was a junior surgeon who apparently lived with Annie Chapman, who was our second victim for a while. He later married three women who all died mysteriously. Mm. The bodies of the first two were exhumed, and traces of poison were found in their systems. Who was this? This was the guy who found Annie Chapman. Um, he was arrested and sentenced to death, and was finally executed in 1908 for the um deaths of his. Of two of his wives. Yeah, but he, I don't think he is just because the timeline, like mm-hmm. right. And also, no, I agree. If, if 
he were Jack the Ripper, I think he would have killed the two wives in a similar fashion to yeah. the way yeah, he killed exactly. I agree, too. Yep. Or Because that, that, that is one thing with him. serial killers, is that they typically keep to a pattern. Yes. Well, and I mean, if even if it... Yeah, and if he if he were to kill them in that way, he could just blame Jack the Ripper. Yeah, he really could. Um, so there's so many suspects, and I just kept to the more interesting ones. Um, so I want to backtrack a little to the murder of Catherine Eddowes, who is our fourth victim. When the police were finishing up their work after finding her body, a Sergeant Amos Simpson made a request to take a blood-splattered shawl found at the crime scene as a gift for his wife, who was a seamstress. Oh, wait, what? Sorry. Read a, that again. A Make blood splattered shawl was found at the crime scene. Right. It's like, and he want, and it had blood all over it. Right. And he wanted to take it to his wife as a gift. Why? The shawl originally belonged to Eddowes. He was given permission, and as one Why? can expect, the gift was not well received. Well, wait a minute. Wait, the shawl was originally his? No, no the shawl belonged shawl to Eddowes, the Catherine. To Catherine oh. Eddowes. To the, the victim. And so the police let him take home. A piece of evidence. evidence yeah. To give to his wife. Yes. He could have Why? at least washed it. Did he wash it before giving it to her? No. His wife, horrified, stashed the shawl away in a box, and it was never washed or worn again. This guy's probably thinking, what? Why just throw it away? Why stash it in a box? Why not just throw it away? Honestly, that's a really? good point. Oh, no, word. but the shawl comes back into play. Uh, but he definitely did not receive husband of the year reward, for sure. Well, uh, so the Jack the Ripper case was officially closed in 1892, which is a year about a year after the killings officially stopped. Eddowes' shawl that Simpson had gifted to his wife was passed down generation to generation in his family before finally being put up for auction in 2007. The shawl was? Yes. yes. Come on, people. It was purchased by Russell Edwards, an English businessman and self-proclaimed armchair detective. Our, what is an armchair detective? <laughs> Basically Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. Oh, okay. Although the shawl was old and fraying, it still contained valuable DNA evidence and it had never been washed. DNA? In 2011, DNA? Edwards hired forensic geneticist Dr. Jari Luhelen. I think I was found something. I actually don't Lou, know. Luhelenin. Sorry. Luhelenin. Yeah, there you go. To study the shawl. Dr. Lou Helenin discovered patterns of blood on the shawl consistent with slashing and identified evidence of split body parts consistent with a kidney removal and the presence of seminal fluid. Seminal oh. fluid. What is that? Semen. Semen. So he, she was basically sexually assaulted. Or at the very least. Or she, he was a John. A John? That's what you call a customer of a prostitute. Okay. A John. Why would I know these things? <laughs> I don't know. Lou Helenin. I don't know these things. That's the point. Lou Helenin retrieved mitochondrial DNA from the shawl. For those of you who don't know, mitochondrial DNA is passed down it's only the from of the cell. Yes. Also, uh, what gives a Jedi its powers? No, those are midichlorians. <laughs> Close enough. Uh, the mitochondrial DNA is passed down only from the mother to the child, and has a higher number of copies in its cell, which makes it easier to extract. He matched the mitochondrial DNA taken from Karen Miller, who was a direct descendant from Edo's and a female descendant from the Polish immigrant Kosminski's sister, Matilda. Oh. So the guy that died in, in the, the asylum. asylum. Oh, yes. is it him? Is it him? Kosminski was one of the prime suspects in the Ripper case, and he was diagnosed paranoid schizophrenic and was admitted to an asylum in 1891 after trying to attack his sister with a knife. Kosminski was identified as the murderer, but with no hard evidence, the police couldn't do anything. He was, however, institutionalized indefinitely until his death in 1919. So it was him. 
The DNA concludes that, yes. Wow. I should be a detective. (laughs) Obviously, the biggest concerns over this is that the DNA was tampered with after over over 100 years of being handled and passed through several generations. And not only that, but mitochondrial DNA, um, you can share very, like, DNA is very similar in its structure and how it's built up. And there are only the smallest things that can exclude you. But because it had been hundreds of years, um, they weren't 100% positive that Kosminski was the killer. But, but I think it's just very interesting that it was his well, DNA. Do you want to know? He was, already, he was already a suspect. Mm-hmm. And it places him with her. Yeah. And not only that, but also, I mean, the timeline-wise, like, he was admi- – sorry, oh, my gosh, my chest, I'm getting heartburn. He was admitted to um, – the asylum, like indefinitely, by the time the killings ended. Right. You know, now I can't even say what I was, what I was going to say because we passed the part where it was relevant. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Okay, this is where we'll end for the day. That is the infamous case of Jack the Ripper and his possible identity having been revealed. Do you want to add your thoughts, Brooklyn, before we leave? Do you have any to add? Well, I think that I knew who it was the entire time. <laughs> That's not true. Um, I... I love her confidence. <laughs> I I just am really shocked and um, shocked that and dismayed, happy shocked that they managed to find DNA evidence after a hundred years of manhandling a scarf or a shawl, whatever you want to call it, doesn't matter because it's basically just a string of rags at this point, covered in blood, and um, I'm getting off topic. I just think that it's really interesting that they that they managed to find that evidence mm-hmm. and convict the killer a hundred years after he died. Yeah. What was the that was sarcasm? What was, what was his uh, occupation? Uh, that he was a hairdresser or a barber. Sweeney Todd. Sweeney. I mean, wishes uh, the yeah. world I mean barbers were often used for like you know dentistry or like have, yep. you know they were kind of like a dual job, mm-hmm. especially because there wasn't so many doctors around yeah this is true it's definitely so the killer was the barber the entire time i'm sorry i'm still stuck on the sweeney todd connection i'm actually pretty sure and i will fact check this but i actually think that this theory of uh kosminski being jack the ripper is what inspired the sweeney todd story the musical yeah well it it was by the way uh I think it was Sondheim. I, I anyway, knew it. I just, anyway, I did, I just so, did a song for it question. in my class. Yes. So his descendant, mm-hmm. what did they say? Did they have any comments about, about Not that? that I could find. Um, did you even look? Yes. Not that I could find. <laughs> um, I couldn't find anything. I um, I would love to hear their yeah, thoughts Yeah, kind that. of like, yeah. whoa. Yeah. So, and if, also just the, like, the spiritual side and the psychological side. I would like to know, like, what their family line was like after that, you know? Oh, yeah. That, that's a good point because a lot of, like, I mean, it's true, like, the actions of someone can cause stuff to happen down your line without yeah. you even realizing yeah. it. Kind of like the sins of the father. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, that's true. a really interesting case. I enjoyed Thank you for that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Apparently, from Brooklyn's attitude, I should not join the next one. No, I think you're very fun to have around. I love you. She's like, just don't interrupt me. Yeah, don't do that. Or correct me. Or not get anyway, your jokes. Anyway, the joke I was going to make was that if 
scientists can extract dinosaur DNA and clone dinosaurs like a hundred million years after they're extinct, it's no surprise that we can get it from a scarf a hundred years later. Shawl. That was the shawl a hundred years later. That was the jig I was gonna make. It was gonna oh, be a Jurassic jig. Park. That was the jig. The jig. The jig. <laughs> I heard that too. I was. It was, it was gonna be a Jurassic Park joke, but someone ruined it. All right. Well, thank you guys for joining us. So until next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.